I'm Mary Angela Abeo, creator of the Faces of Fortitude movement, which is a safe space for faces of suicide and mental illness to share their stories and help each other heal. And this is Face to Faces, a conversation series featuring people from all walks of life, exploring the real human emotions we're all dealing with as the world around us rapidly evolves. I'm glad you're here with us. Let's lean in. All right, my guest today is actor, TEDx speaker, mental health advocate, entrepreneur, and founder of the health and wellness movement called Livin', Mr. Sam Webb. Welcome. Thank you very much, Mary Angela, for having me on the show. I'm excited. Uh, I love the work that you're doing, that you've been doing for quite some time, and I'm excited to have a good chat with you on the podcast today. Yeah, I mean, I was just a guest on your podcast, and so I have to add in there that you're a podcast host as well. So we're we're all kind of wearing all these hats during this quarantine, it seems. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think it's a neat time for us to connect with people that have the time now, and a lot of people are, are sort of stripped back to their primal needs and whatnot. So it's it's a unique time, and big love to anyone out there who's struggling as well, obviously. Yeah. So uh, speaking on that. Um, Let's do a quick emotional check-in. How are you doing today? How are you doing with all of this? You know, uh, thank you very much for asking. I feel like sometimes, you know, in our organizations, you know, you doing the work with uh, Face of Fortitude and myself with Living and whatnot, I feel like sometimes we don't get asked enough because people just think that we're always doing okay. So it's good that you asked. Um, I'm doing good. You know, I mean, this has sort of allowed me to get a lot done. I'm, I'm in a really good routine. I don't I'm always working from home anyway, so I mean, this has affected me so much other than my fitness uh, regime, but I mean, I'm, I'm still running around the streets like a madman, and exercise and self-care is certainly number one care, um, but it really just does come back down to my routine, and I'm pretty disciplined with that, but I'm doing good. Overall, I'm doing good, getting a lot done, but you know, I have my times where I'm a little bit, ah, just get me out of here, I want to do something, so it's not always, it's not always rainbows, but it's, it's uh, overall, it's doing pretty good. Right. Well, my next question, I guess you answered kind of is how you're practicing self-care during all of this. Sounds like exercise and fitness is a big part of it. But I think everybody also has like some things that don't necessarily seem like self-care to others. And, you know, is there something that uh, you're doing to extra help yourself or something that you're feeling like you're needing right now? Yeah, I think I think it's really important to mention that with self-care, it, self-care could look very different to everyone. My self-care might be taking a walk or running. Your, you know, your self-care might be listening to music. And I think it's really important that we all practice self-care to things that we enjoy, not what we're told to do. Um, mm. For me, I practice, you know, a big part of my self-care is being in routine. So being in almost not too routine, but in a, in a place where I'm getting things done. You know, I get to bed at a good time. I get, try and get as, at least eight hours of sleep. I know sleep for Sam Webb is very important. And if I don't get enough sleep, it messes up my day. I get in a bad mood. I'm not as productive. I'm a little bit anxious and whatnot. And that's just the way it is for me. So I get enough sleep. I try and eat, you know, four or five meals a day, try and keep it pretty clean. Um, I I do always some form of exercise. If that's a walk, if it's a a five-mile run, if it's doing resistant bands now that we're indoors, I can do resistance bands inside my apartment. Um, is is number one for me because it's it's helped me so much, right? Mm. Um, but that again, 
my my exercise might be different than everyone else's exercise and it's whatever right. works for you. So they work for me. Connecting with people are very important. So if it's podcasting, if it's picking up the phone, texting someone, FaceTiming my fam back in Australia or, or speaking to my girlfriend, Nadia, I mean, it's all part of self-care for me, you know? I love that. You know, speaking on on what you're doing and working from home, can you tell the viewers and listeners a little bit about what Livin is? You know, I know I, I found you from your TEDx talk because we both uh, lost someone close to us to suicide. And that's sounds like how Livin was born. But I also would love to know how to extend off that, tell people about Livin, but also tell them how your company is now having to adjust to all of this and how you're staying connected to the people that um, follow your brand and your movement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to, to note that too, how have we adopted or how are we adapting? You know, it's important to stay agile during these times, you know. Living is a, a mental health and suicide prevention nonprofit that we founded in Australia in 2013 after the death of a very close friend. His name was Dwayne Lally. Dwayne suffered with bipolar and depression for a number of years. And as a young male, from the outside looking in, he had it all, right? He was very fun, loving, charismatic, had a, you know, unquantifiable amount of friends, an amazing partner, great family, all very connected. You know, he, he didn't have any third world problems. There was no real struggles from the outside looking in on his life. But behind closed doors, Dwayne hit his pain really well. He struggled. He didn't want to tell anyone how he was feeling because it was weak. He thought, you know, he would be judged. He'd be alienated. He'd be left out. He wouldn't be as strong as he was. You know, he represented Australia, at the you know, as a Commonwealth Games representative, um, he could have at a very young age for boxing. So he was, mm. you know, he was hard. He's mentally wow, strong, right? you know, physically strong. But mentally strong and physically strong doesn't necessarily mean that you, 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 you've got your shit together inside, right. if that makes sense. Does that make sense? So anyway, so Dwayne, Dwayne hid the pain really well. And, and, you know, I was very fortunate enough to have spent, you know, some of his last moments with him at a party um, that he that he hosted at his home back in September 15 of 2013, and it's a night I'll never forget. It felt like yesterday, and you know, Dwayne opened up to me about his struggles, and he opened up to me about how he was feeling, and you know, I understood very little before that. You know, um, he opened up and said he'd tried to take his life before, and that you know he'd try to do it twice, not just once, twice, and I was so caught off guard I didn't even see it coming. And as another male in the room, both very charismatic, life of the parties, alpha males, all that all sounds great. But, it, you know, we were, we were having honest conversations behind closed doors no one else really knew about. Um, and we, we shared some really serious stuff that night. I thought I listened as best as I could have. I thought I said what I should have said, uh, given the amount, you know, and what I said with you on the podcast when we caught right. up. I only knew what I knew in the moment of time with the information that I had and I thought I said everything. Dwayne reassured me that his life was great and that his future looked bright and promising and from that moment onwards, it was it was great. And that was mm. the last time I saw Dwayne in living proof and I remember his last words were, don't worry, Webb, I'm fine. And then mm. we carried on that night and he ended up taking his life, you know, only a couple of hours after that. And the impact that that had on, an, on a community changed so many people's lives. Um, and for me, I was having, I was in a pretty dark stage of my life at that time myself. And Dwayne's death was a, was a life changing moment for me. It was like, all right, you've got two options here. You need to get your shit together, try and make a difference and use this struggle and this pain to try and help yourself, but also other people. 
that might be going through this or you're going to be another you're going to be where Dwayne is you know what I mean so I had those two mm-hmm. choices and I stared at them you know fiercely and that's just how it was for me and I had to make a decision and that's the decision I made and we started living and you know everything that we do is breaking the stigma around mental health through education in schools fashion so merch we've got some hats behind me if you if you're if you're watching this on the YouTube or wherever it is but um and community it's all based on community but you know these times in particular you asked a very good question how are we adapting and i think for us everything's always been in person Mm. you know getting to schools to educate young people on the things that we didn't have growing up around really simple warning signs you know things that i could have looked out for the night Dwayne died that i didn't see because i wasn't skilled enough and Mm. when i say skilled enough you don't have to be an expert they're really basic skills that we're not taught growing up so that's Just what we're doing. Now. Yeah, and that's what we're doing. And um, now we're, tr- we're, we're pivoting and, and we're going to take things online, you know. I think this is a very unique time for a lot of people because it allows us to throw out the door all the materialistic, you know, superficial surface level shit and, and it allows us to focus on the stuff that's important and it allows us to take that extra level, uh, extra step now to pick up the phone and make an extra effort to have a conversation with people and that's what living's all about. Yeah. And even just paying more attention to the authenticity of what you're putting out there. Cause I think for so long, Instagram was known as the place where you put your fake self. And I think what's happening now, and I even got it with faces of fortitude fans coming to me who follow my personal page and said, you know, since all this happened, you're really sharing some, some deep down like vulnerable stuff. And we appreciate it because that's what we need right now. And I think people are that's all. It's the only outlet we have all together similarly. And so I think everybody is now wanting to share what they're going through because gosh, if we can't connect to each other during this time, who can we connect to? Nobody. We're all so isolated. So I love that you're moving things online because I think people need live in. They need this movement right now. And I'm excited for the faces community to know. And I know I've picked you to be a face in the project, but if I'll, if we ever got out of this bunker, we'll yeah, be able to take will. your picture for it. But yeah, we will, and it's just a matter of time, and it allows people to focus on the things that are probably they've never really had the time or energy to focus on. You know, part of me. But I, th- I think at the end of the day, it's really important that um, we acknowledge where we're struggling and put our mm-hmm. hand up and ask for help because a lot of people overlook that because they feel people have other problems that they don't need to hear their own. And I think everyone's problems are relative to their own and they should never be able to sit here and compare, okay, well, she's got cancer and I've got a mental health problem. Hers seems more than more worse, like worse than mine. I shouldn't even say anything. But I think it's all relative. Everyone's yeah. fighting a battle that you may know nothing about until you ask well, and everybody, help. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's capacity is different and everybody's ability to um, rise up is different and our timing and we're all on yeah. different trajectories. And so it's, you're so right. It's so important. Um, if you were, you know, I know that you're in LA now currently, right? Mm, um, and, and how are things there? You know, LA was, was kind of on the uprise really quickly. And then you guys all took direction, like better than any of <laughs> better than New York, better than Washington. <laughs> like you guys hunkered down. It's yeah. It's it, it is bunkered down here. It is really bunkered down here. Uh, when I'm running in the streets, um, people like if they're even close to you, they're like they're like jumping out of the way like they're in a war zone. So it's um, everyone's very skeptical. I think there's been a lot of fear. I think a lot of people are trying to 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 ta- you know to take um, notice of you know that we need to stay indoors and self isolate. But that doesn't mean we have to self 
and socially distance ourselves. I think it's physical distance, but we need to maintain social connection. And it's yeah. something that I think not is not a lot of light shed on at the moment. But I think LA's copped it, everywhere's copped it. I, I, you know, as of today, there's over a billion people in the world that are in lockdown. Wow. So someone somewhere in this world has been affected by this. And the beauty of it is we're all in this together at some stage. And I think we just got to just maintain those conversations. Right. So what are, I mean, all of us have people around us that are struggling more than us. And I was telling somebody the other day that it's funny when it's not funny, but there are people who are just experiencing anxiety around this isolation for the first time and and depression. But those of us with mental health issues or that have had loss, um, we experience it all the time. And so it's kind of like, hi, welcome. (laughs) We've already done this. But I think there's a lot of us who have those people in our lives that have been struggling already and have this compounded on top. What are you doing to connect to the people in your life that you know might need it? Because I think right now, even the way that we connect to people authentically, lovingly, to be there for somebody that might need it a little bit more than others has to be creative. Mm. And I I think it's something really unique and kind of special about the human race is when times you know we're we're naturally a resilient race right so when things go belly up and things go south or we find ourselves in the rabbit hole we're naturally pretty resilient people we're born resilient you know fight or flight run or stay and um i think i think it's really important to you know communicate but ask open-ended questions reinforce the fact that you know communicating is really really important and i don't know where i was going with this but um what was i saying i had a, i had an epiphany something come up in my mind it just hijacked my, my, my just, mind just about so connecting with people no it's okay yeah so I, I think um what was your question was about how, how do we help people right and, and how, how are we, yeah how are you finding creative ways to connect to people around you that might be struggling more than others um, I, I think that's a very good question. If I'm going to answer it specifically, it's a very good question, Mary Angela, but I think it's just maintaining consistency as an organization. If you're asking me as an organization or as a person, as an organization, it's about being vulnerable. I think, I think it's about creating a safe space. You and I have got a very similar approach with this because your TED talk, my TED talk, we, we sort of overlapped a little bit in, in that it's about creating the safest space possible so that people can open up. As an organization, we have to admit vulnerability. I don't think it's about being, oh, we're better than you and this is how it is and you should do this, 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 and this. It's about right. just having conversations. I don't think it's going to change too much. Yes, I think the create, you know, the human race is very creative. We can be creative. We can take things online, but that's that's these things are still being done in the past, you know. I think it's just about maintaining the relatability, authenticity, and staying true to what you're trying to achieve. And I think if you can do that in any of those forums, it's going to be a success. Yeah, I agree. I think that's Is that great. an answer your question? I hope it does. Uh, absolutely. I've sort of rambled no, on absolutely. a little bit. Absolutely. I think being vulnerable and authenticity are things that everybody wants right now. I just had an epiphany while you were talking. <laughs> if we ever get out of this bunker, um, I think it would be so great, and I'm saying this so that we're held accountable online. Um, I would love to create a suicide prevention uh, event with you, like a huge event in LA that has multimedia, music, um, live-in, Faces of Fortitude, gallery, speakers, live, everything. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, it'd be epic. It'd be epic. And then bringing people from all walks of life and you know, throwing in people who've got very, you know, 
high voices from high places that can make a difference, that can get people there, that can, you know, change people's perceptions. And sometimes right. it, that, that's what you need to do, unfortunately. Well, and, and having suicide survivors and lost survivors, because I think right now the only big conglomeration of something like that would be like a suicide, suicidology conference or an AFSP walk or something like that. But there's not like a multimedia, multi-arts um event that people can buy a ticket to that all the proceeds go to some sort of um, organization. And it's a big, everyone donates their time. It's a huge, beautiful event that everyone, you know, that every person you lock eyes with understands your pain. Mm, I think it'd be very cool if we could pull something like that off. I certainly think it would, um, it would be a, uh, it'd be definitely a community uh, event where a lot of people would be able to connect somehow. Yeah. Okay. I'm just putting it out there. We're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to look at something for sure. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's, let's get started on these lightning round questions. Did you take a look at them? I did, but I'm going to take them by surprise again. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Um, Keep it authentic, you know? I love, I love James Lipnid and the actor studio back when he had it. And he had these lightning round questions that it, you know, I watched so many episodes of his show and these famous actors, and that was the only part of it I remembered were the answers to these lightning round questions. So I decided to make my own because I think that's what people want to know is they want to humanize you. They want to know that you're a human just like everybody else. And um, so the first one is your favorite swear word. I, I love to hear swear words, swear phrases. I just love to know where people's minds go. Uh, like one, depending if it's my favorite or one that I just use all the time. Uh, both. Yeah, I think just a motherfucker. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I didn't know if in Australia it's similar to like UK where you have like curse words that we don't have here. But mm. I love like British curse words every once in a while. I'm like, that's a curse word. That's amazing. Yeah, there is a, some other bad curse words I don't really like to use, but <laughs> but um. Yeah, I don't use them, but there are some some Australian ones that are probably more common over there than there are here in Australia. Uh, okay, in the well, good motherfucker. I agree. That's, <laughs> that's one of my favorites too. I agree. Um, so right now, everyone is doing other things for self-care, and I wanted to know, is there any book you're reading, music you're going to, to listen to, or even movies late at night that you're watching that are kind of helping you? Yeah, I, I don't know that they're helping me. I think it's just things that I'm enjoying right now. Yeah, so they're, yeah. they're not always they're not always self improvement books and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, right now I'm reading a book called Think Fast and Slow. Mm. I try. My goal this year is to read a book a month. I'm not a fast reader, but if I can read twelve books this year, I'm learning about twelve people's brains and their way of looking at life and topics that I would never have known and thought about. You know, so I want to read. I'm, I'm on track. I'm onto my fourth book this year. It's called wow. Think Fast and Slow. My last book was called Atomic Habits. A great read. Um, stillness is the key was the one before that. So there's some great books that I've read. Um, they're the books, the show that I'm watching right now is called Ozarks. I'm up to season oh my God, three. So good. So I love good. It. Don't tell season me. If you three, it. I, I have, and I won't tell you all I'm going to tell you is the finale will blow your mind. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I'm up to, I'm up to season three, episode six. So I'm not far. And, um, so good. Ozarks and then music that I listen to. You know, I, I think music's an important one. I think music's so good. I love putting music on in the background when I'm working from home. I think it's good just to get your creative juices flowing. But a mix between a bit of JC, my 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 girlfriend Nadia has got me onto a bit of Jesus Christ, which is good. Nice. 
bit of worship music. Um, also, just just anything other than heavy metal. I don't. I'm not a big heavy metal fan, which is fine. But right. um, I, I love you know anything and everything like hip hop, top forty, and all that sort of stuff too. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think we it, we could probably mention that your fiance's father was kind of a well known musician. R- R- Rico Suave. Yes, not, not, like not, not my fiance right now though. Not yet. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm just Not seeing yet. the future. I'm seeing the yeah, future. Well, I, I, I very much love that because <laughs> I, hope, I hope so sooner rather than later. But, yes, um, her father is Rico Suave, rapper from the 90s. Um, great man, great family. Of course, um, of course I know who that yeah. is. That's bananas. <laughs> Hilarious to me and awesome. Okay, so the next question is, name three influential people who have inspired you somehow in your life who are not white straight cis men. And I say that only because I believe the white men in this world have enough attention. And I would love to know who inspired you that is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I'm just trying to have a think. There are a few that come to mind, but I think probably one that resonates with me the most um, would have to probably be Brene Brown. Simply being because she speaks a lot of the same language that I feel like I can connect to, and there's other there's others, but I've seen her speak and she she's wonderful. Really, oh, she's funny, and she's um so down to earth and funny. Like when she talks, you're just like, that's so. I feel like she's talking to me every time. Mm, Yeah, she she she's she's great, and uh, it's a good question. I've never actually been asked that, so thank you. Yeah, it's something I that I want everybody. More heroes. To I don't. I don't actually have any set heroes. I mean, in acting and stuff, I do, but in 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 the world, no, I, I don't know. I think everyone's my. I, I learn something from everyone. You know, I don't think I've learned more from Brene Brown than I have from you, or yeah. I don't think I've learned more from any. Yeah, I think I think I love meeting people. I love learning something new from from someone in their perspective because I think it's all relative. I think it's all great. I agree with that statement. I, I learn a lot in my project and talking to people and um, learning about grief and and all of that. So yeah, thank you. That's good. Yeah, Brene Brown is incredible. She just started her own podcast too, which I haven't listened to all the way, but what I have heard is amazing, of course. I might have to, we should reach out to her and see if she'll get us on. That's <laughs> right. Or even like just acknowledge us in general. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, the last question is important because... I was asked this question in an interview once and I was so thrown off and it made me start to cry. And it, it told me that that was an important question to answer for myself. And I think for everybody, and it is, if you could have lunch with your younger self, what would you tell them? And more importantly, what would you eat? And I asked what you would eat because I remember it, you know, I wanted to talk to my 16 year old self and um, I remember not being allowed to have certain foods and I remember wanting to feed that to myself at a younger age. So I'm interested in what you would say to yourself. Mm. I think the first part of the question is I, I know exactly what I'd tell myself because I try and tell myself now every day this, I'm like, why do you, why do you worry and sweat the small stuff sometimes in life? You know, like that shit doesn't matter. Like you got to right. just, just take it, smell the roses and slow down a bit. You know, so you, I, were, you moved fast at a young yeah, age. Yeah, and I still do. Like I, I look, I love it and I hate it. It's got a love hate relationship. I get a lot done. I feel very productive. My energy is very. I, I love my. I, I prefer having more energy than no energy, but it it does work against me in a lot of ways in life. So I'm still 
working on it, still trying to figure it out. Um, but it's, yeah, I th- I'd love to tell my youngest, I'd be telling my younger self, you know, just don't worry about it so much, slow down. It, it's not always, it's not life changing. It's not always super important stuff that you should lo- lose sleep on or, or get stressed or worked out about, you know, worked up about. Right. And then, I love and, then that. And, and what I'd eat, I mean, hmm. I mean, like somebody once told me that they ate really shitty back then, and so they'd try to change their eating habits. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be more more than I think. I think I'm all about balance as best as I can, even if maybe balance isn't the right word. But because I'm not a massive believer that you can be imbalanced to a, to perfection, but I think I think I'd probably yeah I would have slowed down on some of the, the junk food I was eating. Mm, yeah yeah, yeah. some of the junk Ooh. stuff not not that it didn't get me anywhere i just i just i don't know it's just i feel like now what i've learned now through eating healthy and through eating good foods it changed it's changed the way i think it's changed it's changed my routines i'm sleep better it's really affected my life right. and i feel maybe if i could have curbed that out at a younger age maybe i would have could have helped me in other areas sooner rather than later yeah, I, be- I believe that. Well, I think to end this out, I would love to hear, you know, I think that there's so much horrible happening right now. And it's kind of a very sad situation that we're all experiencing. But I have spoken to a few people that have said that they're, they're seeing these silver linings in what's happening. Um, are Have you had any uh, epiphanies or anything that you're like, wow, I would never be doing this if it wasn't for this quarantine, or I would never be? Do you have anything that's your silver lining right now that you can share with people because i think everyone wants to find that little sliver of hope that they're learning mm, I, th- I think for me um specifically i you know I was, I was i felt like before i had so many distractions going on in my life that i didn't think were distractions because i was just going with the flow people would be able to resonate with this because you just get caught in that ferris wheel and the rabbit hole of life and this has forced me although i'm still doing i'm being productive and stuff it's all it's almost forced me to slow down a fraction but to so that i can focus on the things that i didn't have time for before because i was making excuses and i was procrastinating on the fence whereas now i'm actually executing and i'm just doing it going fuck it i'm doing it and i'm not gonna like the one thing right now to anyone that's listening is perfectionism and the COVID-19 crisis do not work. Perfectionism doesn't work at the best if, if ever. All right. Yeah. So I've, I've accepted that because I'm, I'm normally very being a perfectionist all the time is the best, but it, it, I only just realized that it's not. And I've just been working on ticking things off, getting things done, whether it's personal or professional. And it's made me feel so much more at peace internally and I haven't been ah feeling like I'm running around overly anxious going, why haven't I done that? Why haven't I done this? It's not right. It's not perfect. And I've just done it. Right. It's, allowed me, it's allowed me to be more productive and get more shit done that's more meaningful to me, which makes me feel more at peace. Yeah, we're, 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 the perfection thing, that's so huge because I was just talking to somebody the other day that had been offline for three months and came back and said, Oh, you're like doing things online that you haven't done before. Like for instance, I used to do lives with my my fans and followers and I just I would be sitting in the perfect spot with the perfect light, makeup would be done, I would be very it would be perfect. And now I'm like 
rolling out of bed, getting my coffee, sleep in my eyes, going live with people. (laughs) Zero fucks. Like, don't care. And people are like, that's real. That's you. And I think right now, getting things done like that and not caring about perfection and just throwing yourself into it and leaning in just seems um, like the authenticity the world needed. And I feel like the pressure's sort of taken off too. It sounds weird. But no, think, it is so real. Yeah. You think if you're, if you're perfectionist and it's perfect, there's no pressure. But I feel like there's more pressure when you're trying so hard. Whereas if I was to, give, for example, unwork related, I was given a script right now to learn for acting and then I had to, I had to put it down on tape in an hour. I know that I can only do what I can do in an hour, right? So I'd be like, fuck it. Let's go. I can do it. Let's do it. Right, and, and whereas the longer you're in your head, you're over overanalyzing, you're overthinking. There's more. It's it just a, it's a very toxic place to be, and this has allowed me to just step outside of that for a little bit, and I'm loving it. Yeah, I love that too. I love that that's happening. Well, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Yeah. Um, um, that, so everyone can. Um, for, for people who resonated who want to follow the journey, they can follow living.org. That's the charity. LIVIN.org. You can find um, the podcast that I also run called It Ain't Week to Speak. Uh, it Ain't Week to Speak with Sam Webb uh, on all of the major podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find that. And also, you can find me across Instagram and Facebook at Sam Webb, S A M W E B. Perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you again for being here and for sharing your journey and your ups and your downs. Um, I think that we're both. There's not a, there's never too many of us in this suicide prevention arena, and I'm happy to uh, share the space with you. Yeah, likewise, Mary Angela. Thanks so much for, for what you're doing. I love the work that you've been doing. Keep, keep it up. Look after yourself, and, and I appreciate getting me on. Thank you. Love to your family. Much love. Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mary Angela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.